Hello and welcome to another edition of The Hooligan Report. Previews are out of the way, the season's back, the real thing's started. And with me to discuss the first round of action, I have Cruyff. Good evening. And I've also got Cookson. Stoke have the most Champions League winners out of any I Premier saw League that. club. I saw that. Out of any <laughs> Premier League club. That's insane. I just, I can't what understand. What, what a way to be introduce the, yourself. It's the only way they, uh, it's the only sort of criteria they seem to have for recruiting players these days. But uh, it's a, it was a good first round for both of your teams. I think you both scored four goals and you both won games. Uh, United able to keep a clean sheet, but Arsenal getting over the line against Leicester. And we'll start with that Arsenal game on the first night of the season, the Friday night. And Cruyff, did you manage to catch much of the game? It seemed to be a pretty entertaining one. Two goals in the first five minutes or something. I, I did surprise him. I, I, I set my alarm and I woke up and I, I, I watched the whole game. But bloody hell, do Arsenal know how to give you a heart attack or seven? Um, got, got off to a, a, a roaring start and then I got yelled at um, by the better half. Uh, it, it was an absolutely cracking game. Uh, Lacazette's second touch in Premier League football and he found the back of the net. Um, unfortunately, in typical Arsenal fashion, we couldn't hold the lead. Uh, then Leicester sort of started getting on top of us and uh, they took the lead, I think, after 29 minutes, I think. Uh, we managed to make it even going in at the break uh, through Welbeck and then, again, some sloppy defending and goalkeeping found Leicester ahead again. But uh, Arsene, with some inspired substitutions for a change, brought on uh, both Ramsey and Giroud, who, who both scored very, very late on, two goals in the last five or ten minutes. So I uh, was very lucky to to uh, get get the win and the three points on the day and quite quite heart-stopping, to be honest. And um, I guess with the makeshift defence, uh, it, it sort of reflects on the result. And I think if we had um, our first-choice um, defence playing, it might have been a different story. But Kolasinac looked good. Uh, Holding, obviously, inexperienced and young, still has a lot to learn. Uh, Xhaka could have been better but did provide two assists, so I guess every cloud has a silver lining. Um, Cookson, he sounds pretty pumped up about that one. How long do you give it before the Wenger out chance start this season? <laughs> Who are they playing next week? Uh, Stoke. Stoke. Away. <laughs> oh, give it seven days-ish. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster watching Arsenal. Um, did you catch much of the opening game? What were your thoughts on, um, on the first game of the season? Defensively a bit slack, but again, Arsenal's got to win. It beats losing an opening game or drawing, but he's got to hope they build on the form, build on Lacazette, and hopefully their defence improves. Yeah, well, it'll certainly be interesting. I guess holding, uh, as Crowe was saying, is sort of that weak link into the defence at the moment, but is Koscielny due back next week, or was it more than a single-game ban? Uh, I think it was just the one game, and I think once we get him and Mustafi back, uh, hold it, holding last season next to an experienced uh, defender looked really good, so I think not having two natural centre-backs playing beside him, um, two, of be- two of which were both left-footers, uh, definitely didn't help him. Um, I think having some leadership, whether it be Mertesacker, Mustafi, or um, Koscielny next to him, uh, will, will definitely help him. Uh, well, Cookson, you mentioned there it's better to get the win than to start with a draw or a loss. And the next two games we'll talk about did involve draws and losses for some pretty high-profile clubs. We'll, we'll start with the Liverpool draw uh, on the Saturday night. And uh, early game Saturday night, six goals. So we had 
13 goals in the first two games of the season, which is a pretty incredible start. Um, it was almost pretty predictable that Liverpool would go behind through a few defensive bungles from set pieces, but what did you make of the game, Cookson? Uh, Kenny was quite open. It's definitely fast-paced. But again, defending is just... Well, right now it's key, and Liverpool learned their chance to get a defender, and they paid for it. <laughs> Pretty much. And I guess Silva, from, I know from my time uh, with him at Hull, has an amazing home record, and um, I'm actually kind of kicking myself that I tipped Liverpool in this one because it was quite um, predictable in a way that he was going to be able to hold on for at least a point against Liverpool at home. Uh, Cruyff, what did you make of it, and, and was it sort of a predictable outcome, I suppose, with the way that Liverpool defended? To be honest, I thought Liverpool, before looking at the fixture in the, in the last week, I thought Liverpool would have won quite comfortably, particularly with their attacking three. Um, maybe if Coutinho played, it would have been uh, the difference, but um, if you look at the way Liverpool defended, it's it's like Arsenal, the zonal marking, and it, it, it's it's crap, to be honest. Um, and when you have Alberto Moreno in the side as well, you're sort of at a, a two-man disadvantage already. I don't understand and, that at all. I mean, call me biased. I, I don't think... Call, call me biased. I, I like Robertson. He, but how do you start Moreno over Milner or Robertson, who you've just well, spent eight million he's, on? His defending on, it might have been the second goal, was absolutely terrible. He sort, He gets beaten... Then he tries to hack the guy down who's probably a foot or two away from him. He's still on the ground and bang, slots it through and, and Watford score. But it's I don't know why you're not starting a, a left-back, Robertson, who who from what I understand is quite solid. And Marino, is, as, as we all know, is quite error-prone. I don't know why you wouldn't start Robertson, uh, particularly against a team like Watford. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. On Coutinho, who you mentioned what didn't play the game with his... Uh, Supposed back injury. I'll get thoughts from both of you. I'll start with you, Cruyff. Do you reckon he stays at the end of the window? Do you think the Barca interest might might get over the line, or, or do you reckon you believe that the, the Liverpool owners won't sell him? When Barca generally want a player, they're like Madrid, they get it. Um, it's pretty late in the window, I, though. Does it seem, well, if the back injury, and I use that term in inverted <laughs> commas, is, is legitimate then maybe he does stick around at Liverpool, but I think that's just a, a bit of a smokescreen for the general public, and they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes, and I think he might be as good as gone, um, despite how late in the window it is. If, I'm not sure how FSG operate. It doesn't seem very logically, mind you, um, but it does put a big blow uh, in, in Liverpool's attacking quartet um, if, if they do lose him, and as you said, late in the window, it will be hard to find a replacement. Well, I mean, they'd just have to look at Southampton and see what sort of options they can pick out from there, I suppose. But, Cookson, are we in for a, a couple of weeks <laughs> or a couple of months of uh, Liverpool supporters melting on the board? Uh, well, no, it depends on if they can defend, but... I'll oh, say in terms of Coutinho leaving? I'd say probably not, because... You reckon he won't leave? Yeah, Barcelona is not going to pay over a hundred million pounds for Coutinho. So, do you why? Because th- I think honestly, you could get better players for cheaper. Who so, would they get? I mean, I guess the question is if they can manage to get Dembele from Dortmund, that would be the big one. But they've got to—they'd be stung with Neymar leaving for PSG. They'd want to make a like a big intention signing. 
Um, whether that is Coutinho just to say, look, we can go out and get whoever we want, no matter what a club like Liverpool says. I think they should try and find the right player. Like, for example, you could get maybe Ericsson. Who, yeah, who I mean, that's a good point. He's he's not... He might not be seen as, you know, a better player than Coutinho necessarily, like for like, but he would be a much more similar replacement for Neymar than Coutinho but, would be. But, and he's got yeah. that Ajax connection as well, which, again, probably they would be more happy with. But I yeah. couldn't see Spurs letting go of Ericsson. I reckon there'd be with... more chance of Spurs letting go of Ericsson than Liverpool letting go of Coutinho, though. I reckon Spurs, you just have to look at the fact that they've cashed in on Walker. They're, they're looking to cash in on a couple of players. Um, they don't seem as, you know, resilient in holding on to their players. I guess so. Um, the window's what? Got how many days do we have left? 15 days? It's going to be frantic, um, A lot can happen. And I, I guess deadline day as well will provide a few surprises and, and unhappy moves for some and happy moves for others. But... Um, I, I don't think Barca would sell... I mean, Tottenham would sell Ericsson. Um, I think he's their most important player. Ericsson? Yep. Yeah, not a bad call. Not a bad call. Um, one side that was missing probably their most important player in Eden Hazard was Chelsea, and they went down 3-2 to Burnley on the opening day in a, in a result that you wouldn't really be able to predict, given the fact that last season I think Burnley only won one away game all season. Um, and obviously two red cards for Chelsea as well, which only compounds things. And I've got to say, there are echoes there of the opening day game against Swansea two seasons ago, where I think Courtois got a red card against Swansea and they drew 2-2 in that one, and, and that was the start of that pretty calamitous title defence. Um, Grove, how did you see this one, and, and what do you make of the start to their title defence? I'm glad I don't do tipping because I thought Chelsea would reach 4 0 um, I thought they would absolutely pulverise Burnley, but I mean the the lunch from Cahill um, early on. I think after 13 minutes, a deserved red card, 100%. And then uh, Burnley's second goal was an absolute peach. And um, full credit to them for their win. Uh, I know Chelsea got two back, and they were both very well taken goals from uh, Morata and David Luiz. But um, I, I think to to, for Burnley to set that statement of intent and uh, an early season loss for Chelsea and having to lose two players with Seska as well gone, it sort of puts a, a dint in in, in their uh, the big, the beginnings of their season, particularly because they face Spurs next week as well and they're without two uh, key players. It's a bit funny, I guess, because we've had Gosher on the board for a few weeks now telling us how <laughs> Chelsea just can't compete with these big clubs in the transfer market. Um and funnily enough, in a roundabout way, he's ended up being sort of proved correct, not that they can't compete, but just looking at the size of their squad and the quality of the players they had on the bench, um, Cookson, it was quite ridiculous that their squad just seems to be so thin all of a sudden. It's, it really is. I mean, Chelsea usually have good death. But, well, I know there's various of injuries and turfing out senior players is probably not a wise idea. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. They've got most of their players out on loan at various Premier League clubs. Two of them at Hull in the Championship. 
Terry's gone to Villa, though I can't say that he's made too wise a decision going there the way that they're travelling at the moment. I think they've got one point out of their first three games. Um, Corey, do you see them making a few big moves towards the end of the window just to sort of bolster that squad? And how many do you reckon they need? Because they've got, what, four competitions they're competing in now. Well, they need a centre-forward, because Costa's not playing, unless somehow Conte and him kiss and make up. Um, they need another wing-back, because I can't even think of their backup for uh, Alonso. I guess they've um, got, I, I guess it'll be Azpilicueta, but then you need another centre-back probably to swap him out for. Exactly, and I think they should have held on to Zuma. Yeah, that was um, a strange one. So, and then you've the after Oxlade Chamberlain, who is craving to play centre midfield, but I can see if he went to Chelsea, he'd play right wing back. Um, to be fair, I mean, similar situation to Milner, who went to Liverpool hoping to play centre mid, and he ended up playing left back. Yes. <laughs> and then I think they shouldn't have let go of Matic. I think that's a terrible decision. Um, and so they need another centre midfielder of a, in, a, in a defensive shape. Uh, and then... I don't even know who their right winger is after Willian. So they, they need to, they, realistically, they probably need five or six players and they'll probably end up with two or three. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if Conte's there um, much beyond you know six months into the season because I can see both him getting fed up with the way that the club's de- dealing in the transfer window and also Abramovich doing his typical Abramovich thing and getting fed up when the results don't go their way after you know, four, five, six months of the season. Um Throw the toys out of the pram. Well, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out for them. Um, a former Chelsea manager who has had a much better start to the season is Jose Mourinho um, against West Ham. And obviously everyone knows the Mourinho magic is that second season at any club, he goes out and he wins silverware or wins the title. So, Cookson, I mean, you guys have had a much more productive summer. You've brought Lukaku, you've brought... Um, who else have you brought? You've brought a couple of Matic we were just talking about, um, as well as a and couple Lindelof. of others. Yeah, Lindelof in defence. Um, so you're looking a lot better than Chelsea. You're looking a lot better than most clubs. How do you rate your title chances? Well, this sort of game last year, we probably would have lost or drew in a very scrappy fashion. So we're doing better, but again, it's still too early. Like, let's, I want to wait 10 games in, see how we're doing then, because that's when the Champions League will start and... It's when it'll get serious, but again, 37 more games like that wouldn't be too bad. Well, 37 more games like that and you'd be invincibles. And Cruyff, we saw there was an article posted on the board, I think today or yesterday, saying (laughs) how this United team has shades of that invincible team. And I've got to say, they've started with a win. They've got a 100% record, so they're bang on track. Replicate this over 37 more games and they're right there with uh, with that Arsenal team. So what, what do you reckon about United? Do you reckon... Um, they've got a pretty good squad now. I think I saw you saying similar with you know Lukaku looking pretty dangerous for them. Pogba in that more advanced position looking pretty good as well. Uh, I think the they they looked brilliant against West Ham, and I, I know it's only one game, but you can only judge them on what they've played, and they looked fantastic for the whole ninety minutes that um, in that game, Pogba looked like the shades of the 90 million pound signing that they bought. Rashford was electric being, and only so young. So what is he 19 or 20? Um, and then they've, they've got Bay at the back who's forming a, a solid partnership with Jones, which, uh, Mourinho looks, looks, looks to prefer. 
Uh, and then you've got the new guy, Lukaku, who's come in and, and Matic bolstering the midfield uh, next to Pogba. It's it's a brilliant um, and, and, and solid and very strong uh, midfield to, to bolster uh, the attack and, and solidify the defence. So I, I think that it'd be foolish to say they finish anything lower than third. Yeah, I think most had them top two in their predictions, um, really kind of fighting it out with Man City for the title. And I've got to tell you, those Manchester derbies, I'm really hoping that they don't sort of go the way of Mourinho parking the bus and trying <laughs> to, you know, kill off the excitement because it'd be fantastic to see title contenders, top two, kind of going at it and just sort of hammering away at each other. But I, I guess we'll have to wait I th- and see. I think... If Cookson, as Cookson was saying, with the, he sort of wants to wait 10 games because the Champions League will be on. But if United can take sort of 25 points from those first 10 games, I don't know what their run is. Um, they'll put themselves in very good stead to to go, going into sort of uh, the Christmas break and or sort of October, November sort of thing. And then um, if they can consolidate on that over Christmas and New Year, there's no reason why they can't really walk away as league champions. The only concern is that if... Lukaku cops a serious injury, can they deal with it? Yeah, I think they've got a pretty easy run to start the season. They've got Swansea in their next game, and then I think um, um, not too many difficult fixtures after that for a little while. I think it goes Swansea, then... um, uh, I was just having a look. It's gone away from me now. Um, Swansea, then Leicester, then Stoke, then Everton, Southampton, Palace. Their first tough game's eight weeks in against Liverpool. Uh, and then Huddersfield, Spurs, Chelsea to round out the first 11 games. So, out of those, I mean, you could really see them basically, you know, getting they, seven or eight wins, or, or at least only, they, only it, two losses. If they played like they did against West Ham, there's no reason why they shouldn't be winning game every, every game two or three nil, really. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, West Ham obviously have their own issues. Um, they, I mean, everyone says they kind of they've made a couple of decent signings, but th- they make their signings based on sort of the reputation or the name, and not actually um, bringing in any solid good additions. Like you look at, for instance, Everton's model versus West Ham's. West Ham brings in Snodgrass in January, who was pretty patchy at best for a relegated club in in Hull, uh, and he's obviously been shown up at that higher level. They bring in Anatovic from Stoke in the summer, and he's pretty patchy at best. He kind of shows up against the big clubs, but no one else really. Um, what, Joe Hart on loan, who, who's had a struggling season at Torino. They, they, they've they signed these guys who sort of have these names and reputations. Chicharito's another Zab- who, who might go okay. And Zabaleta, who's, I mean, great 35 great or something, isn't he? I, I, 34? I don't think you can dislike him, but yeah, he's, he's played his best football. Yeah. So I but, think there's going to be a lot of interesting... Um, Attention put on West Ham this season. I, I can't see them doing too well, and I don't think Bilic is going to last too much longer in the job. I'm surprised he's lasted this long. Yeah, I mean, he's, West Ham are in a lot of strife, I think. So that'll be interesting. Um, we'll, we'll shift focus then, and we'll preview the game of the week, which uh, is between two London teams, speaking of West Ham. It's Spurs up against Chelsea, and we all know what that sort of brings to the board whenever these two teams clash. <laughs> Um, it's come a bit early this year, I think. I, 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 we always get the melts later in the season, but hopefully we can see some early this season. Um, I'll start with you, Cookson. It's it's at Wembley, where Spurs traditionally have struggled. Chelsea without Cahill, without Fabregas, with a pretty thin squad. Um, it could kind of go either way, really. It really can, but I think this game will 
see if Spurs can psychologically have a title fight on. If they lose their heads versus Chelsea, they're not winning anything. But well, if they keep calm and play ruthless football and win, they could win a trophy. It'll certainly be interesting to see who can keep their heads because Chelsea certainly showed in that first game that they uh, they might have a little bit of an anger problem at the moment to start the season. Um, Grove, how do you see it? Do you see Spurs keeping their cool against Chelsea or do you is reckon it, this is another is game it, with cards in it? Is it at Wembley? Yeah, it's at Wembley. It's, it's interesting. I think if it was White Hart Lane, I, I, I don't think you could say Chelsea would have much chance, but it'll be interesting to see how Spurs go at Wembley. It's a, it's a much larger pitch, much wider. Um, but Chelsea, Chelsea do have concerns of their own at the back because they've got no Cahill. So I'm not, I don't know if Christensen will come in to replace him. Um, and then they, they can't cover Cesc because he's suspended as well. So their, their their bench on the weekend was quite poor. Some I think Gosha posted a picture um, of of the the top four's bench uh, benches over the weekend, and then you saw Chelsea's that had Musonda. Um, I think Boga uh, started for them, and Boga had been linked to us for a loan for the last couple of weeks, and a whole bunch of Hull exactly. supporters, whole, whole bunch of so Hull supporters, ha- were rubbishing me for saying he's going to start for Chelsea. So it. it it makes you wonder that with those two suspensions now, who do they bring in? Is it going to be two more kids from the academy? Do they make a signing between now and Saturday or Sunday, whenever the game is? You you really have to think, how's this going to end for Chelsea? And if if Spurs can beat Chelsea, this is going to be the game that they do it in. Is Bakayoko fit or is he injured? I mean, I, I heard he needed to you know get up to pace, but I didn't know if that was from an injury or just adapting to the game. No, I think he still needs to be fit. Okay, so it's a fitness issue. Because I thought he'd be at least yeah. reasonably, maybe not like-for-like like with Fabregas, but he could sort of slip into that central midfield role. But it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's it's uh, a tale uh, of the two non-spenders, really. Yeah, I mean, he's... Um, I think Bakayoko is more of a box-to-box sort of player. But, yeah. Uh, that, that's, a good, that's a good addition if, if he starts for, for Chelsea. But it just... You, you wonder, with all the money they have available, why haven't they spent? Or even at more, least, why so. why did they send so many out on loan before bringing players in? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Murata will be a great buy, I think. And you look at his movement on the goal uh, against Burnley. You see, he, he, knows, he knows where the net is. He knows how to make the run. He peeled away lovely from the defender. Um, and if he can keep doing that, great for Chelsea. But he's going to need the delivery... And whatnot. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how how uh, Spurs Spurs handle him, and and how Ch- and how Chelsea line up with uh, limited players. And can Kane finally score a goal in August? It's the big question. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. <laughs> I mean, uh, looking at the highlights on that game against Newcastle, he couldn't have done much better uh, and not scored. I mean, he hit the post a couple of times, and I think the keeper made a couple of good saves against him as well. So. Pretty unlucky not to not to get on the score sheet, but um, decent start to the season for Spurs and not a great one for Chelsea. So there'll be a lot of interest on this game. It's four a.m. Uh, four sorry, it's four p.m. in London, so it's one a.m. our time. So a bit late on the Sunday night, but uh, it's certainly one that should hopefully bring the fireworks and should be an interesting one to follow. Um, but before we sign off, were there any final words from either of you? Oh, titles coming to North London, the red side, I think, after the weekend's display. 
Well, all three of our sides managed to score four goals on the weekend, so not a bad not a bad set of results. It's good. It was good to see Aaron Moy play well first Premier League game. Yeah, you should mention that as well. I was and it was a great assist he put in that that cross into the box for Huddersfield and, and a oh, great result for them. Beautiful, and I, he took the corner too um, yeah. for their first goal. So, I mean, if if he can keep um, playing like that, you think if Huddersfield do get relegated, he might be picked up by sort of the the next tier up of clubs, sort of your your Stoke, your West Ham sort of level. So, um, a very encouraging signs. But didn't didn't Huddersfield look good? Yeah, and they've spent more days top of the table than um, Spurs in the last two years, I think. <laughs> so uh, that's a good result for them indeed. But thanks for coming on, guys. No worries. Thank, thank you. And thank you for everyone for listening in. We'll be back this time next week to discuss the next round of results. So until then, I hope your team wins, and we'll see you on the forum.